Are you ready for the Low Bros Network? Every Wednesday on the Low Blows Network, the Low Blows team are at hand to break down, analyze, and make fun of all things pro wrestling. Hosted by former pro wrestler Rick Nash, I think the only reasonable thing we can do now is turn John Cena heel. Selfie with me, fucking dog. Banned from Nigeria. <laughs> I will be talking to the government tomorrow morning. <laughs> YouTube star Corporate King. This elephant has four legs. Joe Ross has four legs. Joseph Stalin, if he had two more legs. Bone saw rips off his shirt, yeah? And it says, Chuck your law. Big dirty toy for And the queen of Irish wrestling, Katie Harvey. I want one to sign. Just CM Punk. I'm so embarrassed. CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> it's low blows. This morning with a new Sopranos uh, movie, new content out as the Many Saints of Newark was released in cinema. I've seen it, no spoilers, I can reveal it. doesn't ruin anything. If people are moaning that it's bad or anything, they're, 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 they're talking shite. Um, it's really, really good. Go see it. Uh, and I personally am delighted. Uh, but as we get kicked off here, on another edition of Low Blow, speaking of like kind of resurrections and returns and stuff like that, guys. Uh, I want to know returns in wrestling that didn't need to happen, but you're glad it did. Katie Harvey. So I'm going to use this uh, as an excuse to shoehorn uh, yet another like Sting mention into our podcast. <laughs> because let's be real, Sting is 62 years old and there is no need for him to have made as many returns as he has. Yeah. All right, Especially after his last WWE run that almost ended ridiculously badly due to injury. Um, there was no need for him to go to AEW and there was no need for him to start wrestling again. But I think we can safely agree that he had match of the night on Dynamite last week, yeah. which I know is controversial when you consider the opener, but genuinely, go to my head if you ask me which match <laughs> I enjoyed more, Danielson and Omega, or Sting, Darby Allen, and FTR. I'm going with the Sting match. Wow, I'm wow. I'm going with the Sting match. I was, that's the only match I tweeted about after watching Dynamite. Amy <laughs> <laughs> going straight out with the hot thing. She knows, she's like, they can't cancel me, this is the last show. <laughs> But am I wrong? Sting was fantastic. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not like disagreeing. It's, it's 2021, and Sting is having great matches on the telly. Like mm-hmm. this is this is amazing. Oh. Like my child is coming into the world where Sting is still on the telly. <laughs> like I like I started watching wrestling when I was six years old, and Sting was on the telly. You know what I mean? And he was already getting on a bit. He was already kind of old news. <laughs> was the elder, yeah, 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 you know what I mean? Like he was yeah. already like his. Is like star had risen and was on the way down like and i just i love sting he's been winding down and then winding back up for, for yeah. decades at this stage it's it like, is impressive it's like he gets put away and recharged every few years <laughs> they just freeze him <laughs> <laughs> corporate keen returns and wrestling that didn't need to happen but you're glad it did uh katie harvey uh you know <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't need to happen. Nobody was saying, oh, I can't wait for Katie to come back. Like, it wasn't like a really requested thing. But then when it happened, okay, the return, it was 
crickets bit, bit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's like, who is she? Sadie <laughs> Blackstone was, was on the mic and was saying like, oh, you haven't beaten this woman. And I was like, you know, like the the mic when it kind of goes creak. <laughs> it's like, that. It's like, you haven't beaten this person. And then out came Kate, no music either, just <laughs> sound of the footsteps. But you know, if it wasn't for that return, we never would have got Emerson Jane versus Kate in Belfast. So I got, I got, I got so much mileage out of that. Do you understand? That is my favorite running joke ever. Even though it's not really a joke, it did actually happen. But like, love it. And um, yeah, that's one of my favorite wrestling returns. Long run, like. Speaking <laughs> of wrestling returns, speaking of comebacks of resurrections, guys. Um, I don't know how to say this if you haven't read Twitter, but if you want to listen to new content, the low blows. It's going to have to be with a resurrection. Because, <laughs> guys, uh, again, ooh, I didn't realise there'd be people that didn't read Twitter and stuff like that that, that may be listening. Um, as you know, uh, Katie is, is, is growing a potato for Katie off, baby. <laughs> That's the line we're going with. Uh, and, and, and obviously with that, you know, people can do the maths and stuff like that. It's actually very close to... The, like baby time I'm we're right like saying. three weeks out yeah this like, is, and like here's the thing okay and this is the best way i can i can justify this and i don't think we need to explain but like you know the way everything happens on a wednesday yes yeah <laughs> so like if we kept doing the show without thinking about this what would happen would be we'd be discussing like smackdown randomly and Katie would be like, okay, my water broke. <laughs> and I'm due on a Thursday, so this is very, very likely. Yeah, it's, it's, everything happens on a Wednesday. You would, like, that would be a special episode. Keen, it's like, you're going to have to deliver the baby. <laughs> it's like, why are they still recording? <laughs> that would have been what's happening. So, uh, ultimately, like, yeah, no, look, Katie always, uh, and that's the situation and, and so on. But, of course, like, Keen as well is obviously, he's getting annoyingly old. Like, I don't know if you realise this. We've discussed it in the low blows main group chat but i don't know if the listeners realize this keen has a beard now <laughs> keen is not a young man he is not the young pretender he makes himself out to be anymore i'm the grizzled old vet now. he's, he's a grizzled veteran who has nearly finished college i'm, I'm actually the one giving birth katie's the one from the college <laughs> so look life is as it tends to do it's happening uh, at the moment uh, and look, it's, it's not a bad thing, obviously, exciting times ahead. Um, but with that as well, it does, when real life happens like this, you do, unfortunately, as, as, as good as it's been that we've had a podcast, I think nearly every Wednesday since the start of 2018, which is mental. <laughs> you do need to reevaluate, right, where does the wrestling podcast hobby we all have fall into this? <laughs> And this is the thing, and 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 like it's kind of it's it's with heavy hearts that we have this because this is what we do on Wednesdays, and I think over the next few Wednesdays, at least until Katie is like doesn't know the days anymore because she's winding a baby and hasn't slept in days. Um, but I think on the next few Wednesdays, at least we're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> what do I do? Because this is what we do on our Wednesdays, but we do need to, to take a hiatus and kind of, you know, allow life to take place and then re-examine things in the near future. Um, like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a parent saying, look, mummy and daddy still love each other very much. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> but like, again, it is something that like, I think all of us, like, 
it's coming from like the best possible place where we all still enjoy this and like if life wasn't happening in the way that it is like i think we just still carry on doing this for for the indefinite future and the intention is to to get back to it at some stage if we can and if it makes sense for us but obviously look like that'll that'll be decided in the next few months uh but that's what we're going to do we're going to take an indefinite hiatus as, as uh, like I, I told a couple of people in my life who listen to the show and I'd be close with and they're like I've done this before <laughs> so we have and we've come back and we've come back and been better than ever and, and there's no reason to say that that won't be the case but this is where we're kind of leaving it for now um, and, and look again we're going to go out with a bang we're going to have our blows here we've got a reminiscent show you were very kind to send in some questions so uh, that's where we're kind of leaving it and, and, and yeah we're going to take it in definite heads but guys like kind of is it going to be weird for you Wednesday night are you just going to be like just heading out the door and then like oh <laughs> how's that going to be it's going to be weird not like checking the doc or like cause yeah. I use Google Docs for like college and video shit as well so I'm going to see like low blows I'm going to be like I'm going to go to check it and be like oh wait <laughs> and then yeah like it, yeah it's going to be weird I'm glad that like the timing is really good as well because yeah. it's like what I get the 15 and the 15 doesn't uh, drop me to my home right. so like I have to walk from like the stop to like to my home then but like it's freezing cold in the winter yeah. when I do that so it's like I'll, I'll, like that's good I don't have to like do that and there's benefits to it like but it's yeah yeah it's gonna be weird it's gonna be yeah it's like there's kind of I don't know it's kind of be- like benefits and detriments but it's kind of like it definitely is, it, it like the timing is very right yeah yeah no it is and it's something that needs to happen obviously Katie I don't know in six months will you even remember that you have wrestling <laughs> podcast <laughs> I'm really afraid now that like I'm going to stop watching wrestling because yeah. I watch it on a schedule for locals <laughs> you know what I mean like but like as you're saying as I begin to like forget what day it is and it all blurs together like am I going to miss out on some excellent wrestling because like I'll go to turn on Smackdown but it's four in the morning and it hasn't been put on Virgin yet you know what I mean like, I just don't know how my life is going to change um <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, this is it, and again, like kind of, we're, we're we're going out kind of on a high and on the best of terms. And like I said, the goal is if we if it makes sense, we we all happily come back and do it again. So we still have a few hours of a massive falling out. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah like let's not let's not fall out before. Like yeah, this is it. And speaking of falling out, we do have some very important business to get on with because, ladies and gentlemen, um, well, let's just get to it. It's time for Queen versus King. Team because my two co-hosts are good friends they are even better enemies so what we have been doing for the entire year is we have been putting the top five new stories of the week on the table we have been putting 30 seconds on the clock and we have been awarding points for punditry we've been keeping score as the year has gone on and we enter this final show of 2021 finally poised uh, because we are tied at 16 apiece there's been highs there's been lows there's been times where Keen just couldn't get a, couldn't buy a win and there's been times where Katie just well she never prepped for this show but sometimes that worked for her <laughs> and sometimes it didn't <laughs> Keen, you're like suspiciously psyched for this like this oh, is this this isn't what it's all about I need this win this is like this is this is make or break territory if I don't win this that's a whole year of just like trying to get the win just cancelled out you know what I mean like this can't... is Kevin Key shades of Kevin Key yeah. I would love it if we could say that 
That's literally what this is. This is where I got all in five now in the next like Katie Harvey, your thoughts on kind of heading into the final the final battle. I really wish I'd read these questions before. Oh God, <laughs> the last one. I can't lose to this. Like. The last show. I, I I might just have to go the Eric Bischoff uh, controversy creates cash room here. And oh just God, <laughs> Katie's gonna try and get cancelled. Okay. <laughs> um, five questions. Uh, we will have Keen go first here. Whether that proves an advantage or not, we shall find out. Uh, question one: WWE have announced they will follow the positive feedback from running SummerSlam on a Saturday by following suit for the Royal Rumble, which is now slated for Saturday, the 29th of January in St. Louis. Uh, is this good news for you, or should tradition stay in place for Royal Rumbles? Fuck your Sunday traditions, right? The only Sunday tradition you should have is watching Mass on RTE1 and watching it again on RTE1 Plus 1 because you enjoyed it so much the first time, right? <laughs> this is the best news I've ever seen in my fucking life. I would spend ages in school, like year after year, or college, checking, oh, can I, can I take Monday off, or do I have to stay up, or can I stay up? I don't have to worry about that this year. It's great. It's the best wrestling show of the year. Can't fucking wait. Saturday night, it should always be that way for the Europeans, so yeah. Okay, fair enough. Kerry Harvey. I think that's bollocks, right? I think that if you don't want a Sunday night, right, you're just being soft. And I think it's teaching it's teaching children to be absolutely irresponsible, to be too responsible, right? One of the greatest joys of my life was staying up on a Sunday night to watch the Rumble in secret with my brothers and then faking a sickie the next day so I didn't have to go to school. And if you move it to a Saturday night, you are robbing children of that experience of conning their parents to stay up and see who's number 30. Oh, it's a really good answer to call out swinging. I think Katie Harvey came out swinging more. I'm going to get the point that Katie interests and stuff too, but two very, very good answers. This is going to be competitive. It's going right down to the wire, guys. Question two. AEW looks set to add a TBS championship as a secondary belt for their women's division. But is there enough juice in their women's division currently to justify this, Katie? Yeah, absolutely there's enough juice in the women's division. They have loads of women. The only issue I have with this is I don't understand why they're introducing a total Bellas belt when they don't have any Bellas on the roster. So I think if they need that extra little bit of juice, they need to sign Nikki and Brie and inject them into the division. <laughs> Cheesy jokes have always had like a, a spot <laughs> hit and miss. We'll, we'll see how it goes. It's, I don't know what a TBS belt is. A TBS is the TV station they're going to be on. Is it? Yeah. All right. They're on TNT now. TBS is like their RT2 to their RT1. All right. It's like their second station. Corporate Keen is the juice in the division. That was a ridiculous suggestion by Katie. An awful, awful, awful run, right? You don't need to bring in Nikki Bella or Brie Bella or tell shite jokes, right? You don't need you don't need any Bellas in because the depth is already there for a TBS championship. You've got Ali. Cherry Bomb, The Bunny, Tennille Dashwood, Emma, the list goes on! What more could you want? <laughs> yeah, perfect division wide. Preparation phase off, Corbin Keen with the points, amazing stuff. Is this the equivalent of the bringing in a Virgin Media belt? Okay. Yeah, yeah, the bringing in a Virgin Media. No, they had a Virgin Media 1 belt, now they're bringing in a Virgin, Virgin Media, Media 2 belt. <laughs> Question three. Stars of WWE are slated to be on the upcoming series of American Gladiators, but who in WWE would be the wolf and who would be the jet of the series, King? This is fucking easy. He came back on SmackDown this week. The final boss, Riddick Moss, he's got the hair, the, the power, the strength, the intimidating aura, the presence that only, only he can replicate from the wolf himself. Um, it's what the people want. It's a perfect fit. It has to be Riddick Moss. In terms of jet, um, Dana Brooke, just something for her to do, you know what I mean? She's, her partner just abandoned her on Raw. It's, 
I think it would be a good fit. Okay, now, quick question. Who, who are Wolf and Jet? Gladiators. Now, I'm only familiar with the Sky 1 2006 reboot with Brutus Magnus, now known okay, as Nick Aldis, but okay. it's still, uh, it is, it's still, I actually did watch Gladiators. Okay, <laughs> okay, no, I can go with that. Uh, Katie Harvey, who'd be the Wolf and who'd be the Jet? Uh, I was actually going to count on and not knowing who Wolf and Jet were. <laughs> 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 uh, it's 2021. Gender reversal, very popular in reboots. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is for Wolf, we're going to go for either Shotzi Blackheart or Ember Moon because they are in a tag team called Hell of the Moon. And I'm not sure which one actually hells, so I'm not sure which one can be the Wolf, but I know it's one of them. <laughs> As for the Jet, we're going to say Kofi Kingston. Why? He's really fast. Like okay. Okay. Um, feels like you don't know who they are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, l- I grew up I with that. I expected you to know, but then you're like, Jet, fast. Yeah, <laughs> she was very fast. Okay, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I don't know. What, I'm gonna go with Keen here. So two one. Two one. I didn't expect Keen to get that point, but you're lucky. <laughs> Katie to save the year. Uh, question four: Shane Torn encouraged fans to calm down after it leaked that he was trying a new crocodile zombie based character, saying he's just trying two things and looking at the success of Nikki Ash as an example. Are fans overreacting here, or is a crocodile Dundee gimmick in 2021 going to be? shit 100 times out of 100k fans are absolutely overreacting right because nothing gives me more confidence in someone's gimmick than someone coming out out of character telling people to calm down about their character <laughs> for me if there's any shining example that something is going to work is that kind of fucking breaking kayfabe that to reassure us no no this is good to know something is going to be good so i i can't wait for our next wrestlemania superstar to, to make as much terrific red sarcasm i love it <laughs> Corporate Keane. Yeah, I think fans are, are, are absolutely overreacting. I mean, he looks at Nikki Ash as an example. And Nikki Ash, there's a character that connects with loads of people, left, right, and centre. And not just people who are friends with Nikki and want her to succeed on a personal level. They are out there. You can't see them, but they're there. And they connect with the Nikki Cross character. Um, uh, and also, he's Australian, Crocodile Dundee's Australian. It sounds like perfect sports entertaining to me. So, I, I don't know, I don't see what their issue is. Okay, I'm gonna go. Both dripping in sarcasm answers. I like it, I appreciate it. I'm gonna give the point to Katie, which sends us down to our final question of the year. It all relies on this one, and what else are we gonna talk about? Congratulations <laughs> to Ronda Rousey, who gave birth to a baby girl that her and her partner, Travis Brown, have named. Oh, give me a second. Lakia. Makala Pukala Nipo Brown. I didn't mean any disrespect. I'm just really bad at reading or knowing names. Uh, we love a good baby name here at Low Blows. And obviously now it's going to become relevant. So my question to you is, to wrap up this season of Queen versus Keen, is this dram- the most dramatic name they could have come up with for the surname Brown? Or can you do better, Keen? I think the most dramatic names are the names that are second generation, handed from one to another. Because with that name comes a lot of weight. Comes, you know, so if you name it after somebody who's able to fight, someone to get their hands dirty, somebody who can brawl, fly, technical ability, they have it all. If you name your child after that, it does not get as dramatic as that. So that's why Vincent Brown is the name around the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, going out swinging. Oh, I don't have anything. Oh, Katie Harvey, that's not a great start I to the question that needs. Katie's still sitting in the still. Katie. I feel like it's Million Dollar Baby and I've just been hit and I've just hit my head off a step stool in the corner. <laughs> I don't, I don't have anything. 
ladies and gentlemen, the winner of Queen vs. King 2021. Congratulations, Cobra King! <laughs> that is him cheering himself. <laughs> I know, because I thought you were still going to go with Katie anyway. I thought you were going to go with a plot twist. I was like, no way. I had nothing there. Nothing. That is, hey, this, is, this is why you need to be a professional. It's all professionalism. There you go. Uh, Corporate King, well I'm done. I'm still absolutely butchering that name. There, but of course, there are no craggies. Uh, oh, but I just fucked the joke. <laughs> no, no, there are no memories in Craggy Island. But anyway. Anyway, guys, time to look at the in-ring stuff from the week. The good and the bad side, went to bad. We just had four. Say something stupid. Say something stupid. In at number four, calm the Jets here, guys, because we're going to do what AEW did themselves did last week and start off unexpectedly with Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. And look, look, before people begin, I want to be clear. This is not a spectacular edgelord, contrarian, hot take for the sake of it, arguing that this was a bad match. It was not. Okay, I will acknowledge that this was an excellent match on a really fun overall show. So please hear me out as I think a lot of you are going to agree with me if you do. Okay, the reason it is in Say Something Stupid is because Say Something Stupid is a device that allows us to discuss the major talking points of the week. And when it comes to talking points, this is the only place I can choose to discuss the match and AEW Grand Slam, uh, Dynamite Grand Slam, and Arthur Ashe as a whole. There are other good matches on this show. MJF versus Pillman, really fun. I didn't hate Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. I'm not even going to slag Aaron for falling off the apron. That shit can happen. And they got the results right, fortunately, because they fucked it so many times with Cody at this exact juncture before when he's feuding with people. Um, and, and obviously, we spoke about the start of the show. I can't possibly have enjoyed the Sting tag match as much as Katie, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, and look, even though Britt Baker and Ruby Soho didn't live up to the hype as I discussed last week, it's not worth cheating on them for just having a match that didn't click. Again, that's something that can happen. Look, here's the thing. Danielson vs Omega was a deadly match. It absolutely was. It was impossible if you know and love wrestling not to get chills. Seeing them stand across the ring from each other with Brian absolutely beaming like a Cheshire cat and Omega carry himself like the best fucking wrestler on the planet. Just going to work again in another blockbuster main event. He was like, this is a big deal for all of you. This for me is Tuesday. He carried that aura into this match and it was phenomenal. Uh, the opening stretch alone for that reason was iconic. They in the ring and I'd be totally up for these two wrestling a 60 minute Iron Man off the back of seeing what they can do and I think that might be where it's going the reason it's here then is because of the finish and not the time limit draw I get it even Keen mentioned it last week as a possibility that they could do it and on paper it makes total sense they're literally leaving us wanting more it's not rocket science and it works as is so often the case with AEW though, the issue isn't the concept, it's the execution. So I'm thinking most recently of the exploding barbed wire finish with Kingston saving Moxie then passing out because of the sparklers, because time limit draw is getting unfair rap, okay? They're not non-finishes, they're perfectly valid finishes that can be done excellently at times. Think of one of Kenny Omega's most iconic matches, for example, the Dominion rematch of a six-star Kazuchika Okada match where they went to the 60-minute draw. The reason that that worked and this didn't is because the tools were in place for success in this type of match finish in New Japan where they just weren't here. Because say what you want about New Japan, but they're very good at making the little things matter. Like countouts or time limits. You can get a false finish in a New Japan match through just having a count just teasing a countout. And it never happens, but we all believe it when it's like 18, 19, and we're like, oh god! <laughs> they're really good at that stuff. Uh, they can build tension around these little tiny anachronisms so that 
but when they actually do pull the trigger on one of these special finishes, it feels right where this just didn't. In every single New Japan match, for example, there are time cues from the MC, so the audience knows what exactly what's about to happen, and the commentary discussing it feels natural. The difference here is there's no time cue, so if they started to do time cues, they're like, there's five minutes remaining, it would have came across as obvious. They hadn't set up the tools for success. If the commentary was like, is this going to go to the time limit draw, it would have felt really unnatural. Whereas because those building blocks hadn't been put in place, they were boxed in. And the end result of one of the best AEW matches in history was the crowd booing what had happened. And you know, ultimately, that was just the two of them wrestling as they normally would. The commentary and the fans reacting accordingly. Then the bell ringing out of the blue and things just stopping. And the fans just going, that was shit. Boo. Boo. And the fans booed this loudly. And sure, people are going to argue saying, oh, they were booing because they were just enjoying it too much. But that's apologist bollocks. That's not how anyone responds happily to wanting more or something. If you have a good ride and that leaves you dying for more, you don't start just yelling, boo, fuck you to the person you're riding. Like, that's not how you do things if you enjoy, that's not how you act if you enjoy something and want more. If you've seen time limit draws done well, you know it can be a really cathartic finish in itself, which also leaves you going, oh fuck, Omega was just about to beat Okada. Oh well, I guess that means we'll have to do it again. Class. And ultimately, we fell there. You know, we came to that uh, conclusion. But after feeling like, oh, they're after fucking it up. <laughs> they're after ruining it. Um, just having the bell ring means you're just giving us a sample. You're just giving us a taster. And it's not an actual match, much less a match of the year. Because a crucial part of any match is to steer towards that finish. It's where the resting kind of, the middle part of the juicy part of the resting starts to steer towards a finish. And you start going, oh, he's going to win. Oh, he's going to win. Oh, wait, this is the finish. One, two, kick it. Oh, no, way! no, he's going to win now because he's coming back. That's the steer. And this match didn't have any of that. Um... And and like kind of like the part of it is where like the hand is revealed, where it's like this is what's actually gonna happen, and you're like, fuck, and then that entirely finished. This was like a movie just stopping and saying we're gonna do a sequel, and it's like okay, that's fine. It reminds you of the Harry Potter like last movie where like they got to a major plot point, and they're like that's the end, and then it's like well, like that's not the end. That's not. And look, here's the thing. It's not the end of the world. I'm not that spoiled that I'm going to ultimately complain about this. It was a really good match. And these two will have their full match and it'll be amazing again. And there was ultimately no damage done here because we got to this conclusion that they wanted us to get it. So there's no reason to see it as anything more significant or a problem or anything like that. But it is worth pointing out that like where this could have been actually something that was phenomenal and finished and had everything there they decided to just take it away and like again i'm not even saying time limit finish i'm just saying the way they did the time limit finish just didn't work it's aw missing the mark in the execution of what was a really good idea again exploding barbed wire match where you have moxley and kingston hugging each other and kingston saving moxley we look at that and we're like genius if only it worked and this is the same it is this is genius if they'd actually worked to where it wasn't just Ding, ding, ding. The belt's fight's over. Bye. <laughs> so, that's me. Keen, I can tell you disagree. No, nah, yeah, I, I don't feel that way at all. I don't think an American audience would ever cheer a time limit draw. Ever. Mm. Um, I, I'm glad they didn't hint towards it. Because I immediately would have gone, alright, so it's definitely going to be a time limit draw. If they referenced it, because it's not something they usually reference, is it? Like time limits and stuff like that. No. So if they started randomly going, oh, what if it's a time limit draw? I'd be like, right, it's going to be a time limit draw. So I enjoyed it. I didn't know it was going to go to a time limit draw. I, obviously, I... I 
and it said last week it was a possibility. But when I was watching the match, I didn't know like it's gonna be a draw. Is you know who's gonna win? Um, obviously it wasn't for the titles though, which I love that little thing of not putting the title on the line. So that means right, this opens up the possibility you of win, yeah. And also it's, a, it's it's the big New York show, which by the way. Uh, that fucking crowd man yeah. like the second the bell rings and everyone's like oh, like it's I can't remember the last time I've seen a crowd like that it yeah. generally would probably be before the pandemic since I've seen a crowd that loud that like my headphones I'm just like oh shit like, <laughs> like I replayed the bell ringing because I'm like listen to that can we go back to that <laughs> I'm like like Jamie Carragher in his fucking studio like yeah. I'm like go back to the fucking uh, start of the ring bell I'm like oh shit um, yeah I no, I thought it was great to be honest I don't really have any kind of like Issues with the ending. I, I feel like that American crowd. It's I feel like I, I don't. Again, like, I feel like the American crowd's gonna react differently to a Japanese crowd. I feel like an American crowd are just gonna want five more minutes. Or it, it's not all a lot, but like it's it's unfair because I think and uh, like I think kind of blaming it on the fact that Americans were there. An Irish crowd would have shit on that. A British crowd would have shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And a Japanese crowd, I think, would have shit on that as well what? because it was executed shit. Like the execution was shit, and I get what you're saying, but that's what I'm saying about the building blocks weren't in place. Whereas the building blocks are in place for this to be possible in every New Japan match because they do give time cues. In WWE, it'd be weird because they never talk about time limits. So if they pulled out a time limit draw, which they could do at any stage because they just like doing random shit, but if they pulled out a time limit draw, it's like you don't even say the time limit at the start of the match. But in AEW, it's like you do say it, so it's fair enough. But you never actually, there's nothing that's building towards this. So if you ever want to do this, the only way you can do it is either make it really obvious or either make it really sudden. And neither way is good, so they haven't set themselves up for success. There was nothing else they could have done by the time they got here. But they could have seen, like, not this specific match or moment coming, but they could have seen, oh, actually, if we're going to do something, we should probably, like, time cues isn't a bad thing. Like, they care so much about the little things. They do TV time remaining because they're like, we're a TV show. We mightn't, what if it runs over? We're not going to go off the air, so the time limit is there. They care about these little things, but they forgot to put them in place. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think I see what you're, what you're saying now. Um, I just can't justify this being put and say something. Oh and again, like it's not, it's not something. Like this match was phenomenal, and, and I, I did, I did say it. this is because say something stupid is a place to talk about things, and this is just where where it fit for me. Do you know what I mean? And this could easily be top of say something. Not, this is awesome as well. Um, but like that's just that was my take. I watched it, and in the moment I'm like, you fucked it, lads. You fucked it. And I came back, but emotionally I was like, you fucked this match. Really? That's, yeah. That wasn't my takeaway from the match yeah. at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hater, I love the finish. Uh, well, look as, again. As soon as Keane said time of draw, it's like dies. <laughs> end like so, I was expecting it all the way through. And then when they called, I think they, I think they did call one minute or something, didn't they? Towards the end, they did. They, they did. It was they a really nice call, They called one minute at the end. And I, I was like, this is deadly because this is not going to be an interference. That was my big thing mm. is that they were going to match end the match with like interference. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, that shit, I don't want that. That's so that's why I much preferred this time limit draw. That's actually something I liked about it as well. How like the young bucks came out and just super kicked Daniel Bryan. Cause I I'm in the sort of mindset of like, oh, but they're gonna do five more minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my head, I'm like, they're gonna go on. But particularly because like again, it's so like so I find so crazy about the shows that like. I didn't like anticipate like I know you obviously talk about like Arthur Ashe Arthur and like it, like everyone's been saying Arthur Ashe like it's it's a big show but in my head I'm like oh it's just dynamite and then I turned it on and I was like whoa what is <laughs> yeah, this the, the stage and everything <laughs> yeah. and this is a fucking pay per view and we're yeah. getting Danielson whoa <laughs> it, look, it looked better than the pay per views yeah the pay per views look exactly like dynamite whereas this looked like a stadium this show this is massive like, I was yeah, like what the fuck yeah, yeah. I was actually I was saying this to somebody in college as well I was like how mad is it that I literally avoided spoilers for a, a free weekly show 
You know what I mean? Like, as if it's a pay-per-view, because it kind of, yeah. like, is in a way. Yeah. Fucking mad. Are we, like, is, are you talking about uh, Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black at any point? Or is no, this, if you want to talk, go for it. That was the funniest fucking thing in the world, man. Cody Rhodes getting booed was so satisfying. I don't even hate, I don't hate Cody Rhodes. I think Cody Rhodes <laughs> is like, yeah. I think Cody Rhodes, for me, like, I hate him before AW, but I view him as kind of like, a driving force behind AEW because you look at like some Omega and stuff and it's like Omega seemed kind of happy he wasn't against AEW obviously but he was kind of like you know if I end up in Japan I end up in Japan if I go America I go America but like he was kind of for me like the person who's kind of like pushing all this along with the Young Bucks so I do as a, like outside of like his wrestling character I do respect Cody Rhodes but his wrestling fucking character oh my god when he comes out and he's like Oh, USA, yeah, Mr. Murky. Ever since, since the Anthony Agogo stuff, before yeah. that I was fine with it, but like the Anthony Agogo stuff turned me off him so much. And then when he shows up and he's all like, God, I'm, I'm Mr. Good Guy, Mr. Yeah. Babyface, like, fuck off. Especially with Malachi Black, like one of my favourite wrestlers in the company is against him when he's doing all this cool gothic shit. I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah. And the fact that, like, <laughs> what I love about this, because, like, in, in, like, again, for example, the Anthony Agogo match, like, the live, like, obviously there's loads of people watching at home who are feeling the same way I was, but the live crowd weren't reflecting that. Yeah. Whereas, like, in this case, the live crowd were very much, like, were, they, I felt represented. <laughs> but they were, like, booing them. And it was, like, they were for uh, Malachi Black. And then, like, yeah. I love the commentary trying to, like, cover it and well being, like... <laughs> when the commentary were saying, like, uh, oh, the fans are, like, you know, like, in, in with the cult of, of Black and, or the House of Black and all that. And it's, like... It's just so fucking funny. I love it. But like Cody Rhodes, he does see himself as Captain America, right? That's genuine. He thinks he's a face yeah. Captain America. What I found so funny, you won't get this king because you don't watch The Boys, right? <laughs> but The Boys is a TV show where they have a Captain America ripoff. Yes. who's a massive dick heel called Homelander. The official Boys Twitter retweeted a picture of Cody saying how great it was that he was cosplaying Homelander on one of the biggest AEW <laughs> shows of the year. And I think they think... Cody was genuinely cos- cosplaying. He does Homelander. look very like Homelander. Oh, very Homelander, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Cody, in his head, imagine I imagine he read that tweet and went into a fury. He's like, "My Captain he's America." Like, I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Captain America. In this he's situation. like, "But Homelander's a dick, and I'm amazing." Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's what makes you Homelander. <laughs> oh, it was so funny when I read it. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, any anyone who watches the boys and watches wrestling has to be like pissing themselves laughing at that tweet." Like, yeah, fantastic stuff. In at number three, uh, let's talk about uh, NXT. Um, I was saying it before we started recording, like NXT was grand. You know what I mean? There wasn't anything overly bad, there wasn't anything overly good, it just wasn't an exciting show. Um, I don't think I even have it in in This Is Awesome because like nothing like jumped out at me as exceptional. But one thing that did jump out to me as very bad is like we we rebooted NXT, okay? It's 2021 as well. Did you see the commercial that was building up the women's matches on this show? No. No? Okay, so it's got Toxic Attraction in it. It's got Raquel Gonzalez, it's got Frankie Monet, it's got base and it's got B Fab. It's got basically all the girls who've had matches on NXT. And all it is is close-ups of their mouths. <laughs> blowing kisses, sticking their tongue out, oh. and like fingers on lips. Oh. You know what I mean? And it's oh. 90 seconds of just women's mouths. <laughs> and then pans out to their faces. And like, I'm just like, is, is this the direction of where we're going in 2021 of how we're promoting our women's match? And at first I thought it was just a toxic attraction ad and I was kind of like, oh, they're obviously kind of doing like this sort of like diva throwback, like, 
you know, kind of thing. But then when I seen like Raquel Gonzalez and stuff in the ads and like seen her mouth, I was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like they put women as the main event of this episode of NXT. And I'm just like, you wouldn't do this for the men. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not getting a close-up of like the diamond mines mouths. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just only lurking like like yeah. touching his lips. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even anyone else. This is only lurking for 90 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting Roderick Strong like peeking over his shoulder at a camera and giving it a wink, you know? It was just it was so out of place with the direction NXT should be going. But what well, I found fascinating, that reminds me of uh, this like thing. I saw on Reddit like a couple of days ago. They're saying that like they want to push like edgier content in this yeah. version of NXT. I'm like, mm. really? Oh, like, because like, upon its launch, I assumed it was going to go like the Kenny Toby direction. It, it, like, it you looks know like I mean? an art attack set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I like, I think it was like uh, Braun Breaker or something turned around was calling somebody a, like a bitch and all. I was like, oh, I thought this was like a G show. I thought this was like, <laughs> yeah. I thought this was like Saturday morning slam. I was like, I mean, <laughs> no, that's all right, but I mean, it's just random. Yeah, it was, it just, it didn't fit with what they've presented no. at all for the last two or three weeks or what WWE has presented for the last five years yeah. since they got rid of the Demon's <laughs> belt. And it was just really, at first I thought it was a joke video because <laughs> I didn't see it on the official WWE account and you know I fall for false WWE accounts all the time <laughs> as I informed you last week that Jackson Riker had been fired. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Harvey is, and, and we can't even get into it because it's too much to get into it, but uh, a little behind the scenes joke is Katie Harvey's the worst dirty reporter <laughs> ever. She constantly breaks exclusives that are immediately proven wrong. <laughs> so then I went out onto the actual NXT like feed and, and there was the video and I was like, all right, this is uh, this is great. It's not great. It See, it's a terrible it, direction. It is a new thing. Like I don't even notice if you've seen like Mandy Rose's new entrance where they come from like her feet up and then like yeah. they, kinda, they linger on her chest for like a little long and you're like for fuck's sake lads come on we're past it but like even if that's a thing just for that group I'm not saying like it's forgettable yeah, like but it, it's, it's, it's something her. they're doing for them but when I seen all of the other women on the show in the same video yeah. I was like you're pushing like Raquel Gonzalez like a monster main eventer here and you're having her like blowing kisses in a promo yeah. it just doesn't make sense like yeah it's like uh quentin tarantino with his foot fetish and you're yeah. just like this is like not what we want yeah the world uh, uh, they're on, all like. women they all have lips they, <laughs> they all, have, all lovely have lovely lips, lips. <laughs> 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 and there's our episode <laughs> <laughs> uh in at number two let's talk about aw uh, rampage and this is something that i've wanted to talk about for a while for aw that I fear is much more significant than the Omega Dynasty finish. There's something um, that, like, obviously I may not get a chance to say now. So let's discuss how they've been using Orange Cassidy recently. Uh, and there's two realities at play when it comes to Cassidy that make him a bit of a tricky one for AEW. So I appreciate why they're here, but still, that doesn't make it better. First off, he's essentially an indie gimmick. So not to call him a one-trick pony, because I think he's a really talented wrestler. I have a lot of time and like Orange Cassidy. But once you've seen his bit, you kind of get it. Which doesn't necessarily lend itself to week-to-week narrative building, uh, because evolution and growth are necessary for that. And the nature for Cassidy's character is that he's chilled and evolving would change that. He's anti-evolution, because if he evolves, he's not his character anymore. That is, it's just, he's, he's boxed up in the TV show. Uh, case in point, his one big serious view that he's had AW or Chris Jericho for that he needed to become a serious wrestler who talked and cut normal promos but if he's doing that then he's not Orange Cassidy anymore he's just a guy that people like do you know what I mean um, and then two the second thing that makes it difficult is 
He's also one of AEW's most popular characters. He sells loads of merch. People love him. Kids, adults, everyone. And he had huge crossover potential. He's the type of guy you can even send on chat shows and stuff like that. Because he can do his bit on the chat show and that's all, that's all that matters. Um, which gives you a conundrum at the end of it where you've got to keep coming up with reasons for Orange Cassidy to be infused but you can't actually evolve him. You can't give him an arc because... Again, that takes away who he is. You even have to pick and choose where you allow him to be serious, as it's got to be for something with stakes if he's going to drop his character, so to speak, or else, like I said, he's just not his character anymore and he's every other wrestler. A good example of this, where I thought the execution was done well, but the moment was wrong, was in Chris Statlander's All Out match, where she was wrestling for the title, and he started getting fired up for it and started cheering her on and stuff like that. That felt like a moment. But we forgot about that match. You know, we're not thinking about that match. So, like, you've had him drop his character for that. But to really pay that off, you want that to be where Chris Statlander wins and Britt Baker loses and something significant happens. And then that, that moment where he drops his character is earned and then is part of something iconic. Whereas, actually, it's, it's now something where he's dropped his character, weakened his stance, and now it was actually for nothing, ultimately. And so the end result of that is, if he can't be serious and he can't evolve, he needs to stay in the mid-card. And the reason that he's feuding with people for money matches needs to be contentious and kooky to fit in with his character. All of that is how you end up with, on Rampage, Matt Hardy cutting a promo where he's given out the Cassidy, he never lets him cut anyone's hair. <laughs> Even though he's not a barber, it's nothing to do with his gimmick. It's just where he's like, you never let me cut anyone's hair. It's a weird complaint. If that's not a thing that you do, <laughs> they just want to set up a hair match with Jack Evans. But even then, making Evans, who I'm not even a sp sure has spoken one word in AEW history, have you ever heard him speak on AEW TV? I've never seen him speak. He's like what they're doing is they're making him an equivalent to Cassidy, and that feels like a demotion. If you're saying he's on the same level as a guy who's never spoken, I know Cassidy isn't the chattiest, but like he's still a character. Um, it's a horrible catch twenty two that AEW finds itself in, and the only blessing being that they're so talent heavy at the moment, they essentially can have him tread water in the undercard. But I don't know what the solution is for it. But at the same time, I can't say that I'm crazy about the situation as it is. I feel like kind of he's stuck, and and I don't want to see him stuck. I want to see Orange Cassidy be more relevant, but I don't know where you do. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? What I'm saying, or do you guys think that you're fine with this? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I, I don't really have much of an opinion on that. To be honest, <laughs> like I, again, I, just, I do want Orange Cassidy to be meaningful. I don't like seeing him be like Jack Evans' rival. Do you know what I mean? And I don't like seeing him like as Matt Hardy's equivalent. He's but what what I like about how Orange Cassidy and the best friends as well get fucked is that they tend to have kind of like I I like how he, I mean, maybe this is actually just maybe this happens more often. I'm just, but like it's, with the best friends in Orange Cassidy, it definitely happens. It feels like they're not the champion, they're not the main eventers, they're not kind of like the biggest stars in the show, but they have kind of their moments every yeah. so often. Like remember the the car park fight yes. with um. I was gonna say LAX, what are they called? Yeah. But um uh, and then it was the one with Miro and Kip Sabian. It kinda it goes around, then like, you know, occasionally they'll get like Orange Cassidy against Pac and uh, Omega and then they'll disappear again. They'll not disappear completely, they're still in the show. But they kinda they have their moments and I kinda I, I actually like how they've been kind of using them for the last while. Like I get what you're saying, yeah, I don't like I don't really have a huge opinion on the Hardy stuff, but um 
Yeah, right. it's just on a week to week basis. I find myself frustrated where I'm like, Orange Cassidy is better than that. But then, like, they make him into a better character and then he gets serious. And then it's like, he's not that. And it's just, there's no, it's just a catch 22. It's like, don't make him serious. And then, like, he's, he's working in a non serious field. I'm like, he's better than that. It's just, it, I don't know, it's horrible. And it just feels like, again, I don't know the answer. If I, I can't say that I, I know better than Tony Khan here, like, because I don't. Um, it's just I don't know. It's a, it's an awkward kind of catchway too. Anyway, in at number one, it's not the worst moment of the week. So uh, take us home with Raw. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about this. This is gas, right? This is yeah. So this is why I hate when like Raw and WWE are people. They always get on them and they always say like you know oh they don't give the fans what they want. And I think that's complete bullshit because finally like they gave us uh, Karrion Cross versus Jackson Riker, which is like the match that everybody's wanted to see. I'm glad they finally delivered on free TV as well. It really is a treat. Um, I was actually, one thing I liked about this, I was actually going to put this in like, this is awesome for the simple fact that Jackson Riker got flattened. Uh, it seems that I kind of just went, right, well, um, we're, we're done with him. <laughs> um, and I was going to put it in this is awesome for that reason. But I, I didn't, I'll, I'll be honest, I skipped through the match. This, this, this is what I was saying about Raw. Like, you don't actually need to watch the entire show if you don't want to. Because if anything like, relevant happens, you'll find it on social media or whatever later on. And I, I skipped through the match and later on that night after watching Raw, I saw a clip of the ending. And I was like, no fucking way did that happen. Carrying, the only way Carrying Cross's finisher is like he chokes people out. Yeah. Uh, he chokes people out, he puts them to sleep. He chokes out Jackson Riker. <laughs> But did either of you see this by the way? No. Jackson Riker's head like slips out of the choke. So he's like kind of crunching on his jaw, but then he kind of slips out of that as well. So his head is just sort of like, it's got, he's, full, he's got all the space in the world, but Karrion Cross's arm is just sort of in front of him. But there's like a gap between yeah. his arm and his head. It's like, it's not even like, it's not even like, like looks like it's locked in. There's nothing there. It's complete like thin air. And Jackson Riker's like- This is really annoying. If you're in that hole, it's like, stop putting your like forearm on me, melt you weirdo. No, but it's, like, it's, not even, it's, it's not even like honest, it's, like, there's not even, it's just his yeah. head just accidentally just, it's just awkwardly slipped yeah. out. And it's just sort of like, ah, <laughs> like tap. <laughs> like, it was just really fucking funny. So I, yeah, that's what I've got. Have you ever seen the movie Vacation? No, it's no. brilliant. It's the funniest movie that you've never seen. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, there's one thing where like uh, there's this kind of character, and he's he's the bit of a ner- he's the big brother, and he's he's a nerd, but he gets bullied by his little brother who's a jock. But his, his little brother's like seven, and he's a teenager. <laughs> and then like everyone's encouraging like the nerdy guy to fight back, and then he fights back, but he fights back so weird, like he just starts rubbing his kids. <laughs> he's like, get off me, please, leave me alone. And starts like kind of traumatizing the kid <laughs> where the kid is actually scared of him because it was just it wasn't even painful it was just a weird experience <laughs> that's what that sounds like where it's just like will you stop just like holding me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, it was very like okay let, I'm just going to tap so we can end this exchange stop hugging me from the 20,000 people <laughs> did you see Karrion Cross's pre-match promo as well you see I skipped so it because it's just like it's one of those things where apparently he's doing like a Sean O'Hare type kind of devil's advocate, whatever it is. And like, I, like I probably would have been into because I, again, I was a big Killer Cross fan and he was an impact when he was in Lucha Underground and all that. I was like, I, I very much, even when he got signed to NXT, I'm like, I actually, yeah. I see what, you know, other, yeah. what like kind of the the writers or whatever see in Karrion Cross. But once they, once they brought him up before his reign as NXT champion was over and had him lose to Jeff Hardy and they slapped these shitty little fucking what, what are they called you know, his gear his, his accessories yeah, yeah yeah once they slapped them on him and it's like now 
you're, you're a fucking goof. <laughs> everyone's laughing. Everyone's laughing at you, not with you, at you. And all these promos that he's doing, it's kind of like, it's impossible to take seriously or invest. It just gets me sad. I'm like, man, I, I would have enjoyed this, but it's kind of embarrassing now. You know what I mean? So I, don't, I just don't watch him. so confused because it's just like him sitting there in a suit. And he's like, oh, hi there. And then like he does the, you know when like you see people try to sell a Vince McMahon promo and they're speaking not as normal people does and he's like, the inequities of your savagery have been noted by me. <laughs> it's just like, no one talks like that, what? you weirdo. What was it that Paige said like, a, year, like, like a couple of years ago? Remember you, you said the same thing? It was, no, it was one of you, I can't remember which one you said it. Uh, we were talking about uh, Jay, uh, the one that was it, Paige, sorry. And she said something where it was like, um, oh, you... The dastardly acts that you committed, or something like that. Like, <laughs> who says that? Like, you didn't say that. Like, somebody, somebody wrote that on Like, you were told to say, like, that word. Imagine so on the like, streets. Imagine outside you got mugged and you turn around, it's like, the dastardly acts you've committed against me. <laughs> you have fallen the fell of my wrath. <laughs> yeah, imagine calling, like, yeah, imagine calling the guards on me, like, somebody has just committed a dastardly act. Well, they would hang up on you. Nobody like, says that. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, kind of like, I'm, I, like, but then, like, he's in, like, a three-piece suit, like he would have been in NXT, and then he comes out in a gimp mask, and it's like, there's two separate gimmicks, you yeah, can't pretend it was all the same. It's like, I, like, I, I know it's a very common complaint about, you know, WWE scripted promos, but they are shite. Yeah. They are shite. Like, it, it, it should never stop being said. Like, yeah, yeah like, honestly, <laughs> like, whenever I see a common complaint against WWE, I do look at it, I'm like, well, is it really that bad? I kind of look at it, yeah, not really, it's, like, it's awful. <laughs> So yeah, well, I regret to inform you that your avenue of aggression has fallen afoul of my wrath. Exactly, like you know what I mean. Anyway, guys, let's talk about the good of the week. It's time for. Best moments what? of the week. What? No club. No. <laughs> we started okay to bring your mind to seats a few weeks ago we started do, trying out a clap like some people would know when we were doing it but then it just kept making Keen laugh every time so that we had to stop the clap <laughs> anyway in at number 6 let's talk about the good from Smackdown was it last week Keen laughed at me for including Naomi in my this is awesome as my only this is oh, awesome yeah. <laughs> well look she's back again okay yeah. <laughs> No, SmackDown was good this week, but uh, there was this deadly uh, segment between Naomi and Sonya Deville, like really building on the storyline I was talking about last week, <laughs> um, where Naomi is kind of mirroring how internet fans feel about like her not getting proper pushes, her not getting proper matches, she gets so far and then like doesn't get opportunities. So she came to the ring and she started like just cutting like a really like good promo like mm. it sounded very natural it sounded like you know it was very convincing and she's just cutting the promo about how like she 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 deserves more respect and she wants a match like and, and the crowd are so behind her which i love like they're they're like yeah you know what you're right naomi you should have a match you know mm. what i mean and she gets like a make the match chant started we get sonia coming out and like the thing I love about this is I don't actually know Sonya's motivation for not booking Naomi yeah. up until this point, but she kind of shone a light on it this week. So like I was, I've been wondering why is she like just not giving Naomi a chance? Like, and like Sonya just cuts like this kind of out of the blue heel promo about how like Naomi doesn't deserve a shot because Naomi keeps dropping the ball every time Naomi gets a little bit ahead, like she fails through 
every fault of her own. Like mm. she gets a little bit of momentum and she lets it drop and she's she's sick of investing in her. And it's kind of the first time we've seen the motivation behind Sonia and we've seen like the frustration behind Naomi just building and the two of them were just excellent all the way through the segment. Mm. And like the crowd really got behind it. Like Naomi kind of mentioned it like well, why don't I just fight you? And Sonia's just like shutting it down, like, no. <laughs> just not even entertained. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm an authority figure. Like, get back in your lane. And like, she has her mic cut. She has security come to escort her out. And like, I just love the whole thing. I thought it was done really, really well. And I don't think it was contrived at all. I love the fact that they're playing off these kind of real life rumors. And like, sometimes I really hate the whole like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge of like, what the internet is saying, mm-hmm. being brought out of storylines. But like, I feel like it's been done really, really well here. And I feel like, I actually hope this is a sustained push for Naomi, but I really don't want to get behind it because I've been burned so many times. Yeah, the part, the part of the storyline is yeah, true. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, like they they yeah. are playing off a truth here yeah. where she does get the ball and it does get dropped. And it's like, oh, do, do I want to invest one more so time? She looked like a fucking star. Yeah. Man. She looked fucking dead. I was like, this is, like the whole build is fucking like chanting, make the match, make yeah. the match. And when you square up to an authority figure, it makes you look like a star because it's like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this is like this is the boss, and you're kind of squeeze. I'm like, like I love Riddick Moss, but Riddick Moss isn't gonna square up to like Adam Pearce. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and you know what's deadly? It's like usually the authority figure they square up to is Stephanie McMahon, who we know can wrestle but isn't a wrestler. Yeah. Whereas if she squares it to Sonya Deville, we know Sonya can kill her. And Sonya, Sonya, this could result in a Sonya Deville match, which oh, would be fucking is. deadly. Oh, and also, is. it's like it gives Naomi something to do. This is. Oh, they've done such a good job now building up Naomi out. This is something they never do with the women's division. Building up somebody to look like a star outside of the title picture. Yeah. So now when... And, and obviously they're going to do stuff with Becky and Sasha and Bianca, whatever, when draft's coming as well. So we don't know what way things are going to go. But they could, like... Once the Becky, Bianca, Sasha stuff is over, they could easily put Naomi in there and she looks like the star. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's just this is excellent fucking stuff. Like, And what I like about what they've done here is to contrast it to the Samoa Joe killer or Karrion Cross storyline, okay? As soon as they squared up, it's like two weeks later, it's like, one to five for the belt? Sure. You know what I mean? Whereas I loved how Sonya just turned left. I loved how she just cut her off. It's like, no, I'm not going to wrestle. I'm a target figure. I'm not a wrestler. Mm. This isn't going to happen. And that just makes you want to have. And we know that ultimately, like, when this plays out, there's going to be a match there. Do you know what I mean? But because they've ruled it out, it's like, well, will they? And there's that, that sliver of doubt will just drive desire in a way that kind of felt because NXT had a, a takeover to push towards and they wanted to get cross onto Ron, they wanted to get the belt onto Joe, that we, we were kind of denied that like months of tension. Whereas this can simmer for months, you know what I mean? This can be a thing that goes on for ages um, because they've just gone, no. We're not going <laughs> yeah. to it, It's kind of like uh, the first Women's Rumble, the way they, they, they barred Becky from the Rumble, you know mm. what I mean? Like, they could drag this out for two months and have, like, Naomi fight her way into something like that. And yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many, like, long-term yeah. options they can go with if they just, like, hold their nerve yeah. and just take away it a, a week at a time, like. Yeah. And just um, don't do it in stupid. Just yeah. Don't have her cut like, oh, you will feel my rat. It's like, no, no rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, no yeah. Rat. 
there's such a good base that like I want yeah. to let myself buy into yeah. it so much there's still that little bit of hesitation yeah. but I'm like that's two really solid weeks in a row where like I'm talking about Naomi you know what I mean yeah, and, and I'm show it like the bloodline and all this like that like I'm, I'm still talking about Naomi but I am also going to talk about the bloodline and Roman Reigns because <laughs> the other thing Smackdown did that I loved what we've just touched on is building someone up outside a title picture is what they do with Montez Ford this week I, I don't know if you this felt really random to me yeah. like but I love that because we've, we've talked about before about how Roman Reigns can like juggle so many different storylines at once um, and have so many different competitors and then like you know he's wrestling Finn Balor on Sunday we know he's wrestling Brock in Saudi Arabia let's throw he's also just like wrestled Bobby Lashley in Big E yeah, <laughs> yeah. before okay. let's, busy, man. Let's, <laughs> just, let's just throw another person at him yeah. you know what I mean like and I love it but what they did here is like they made me look at Montez Ford in a whole new light yeah. you know what I mean this is just a random tag wrestler but they, they were obviously just like well we need to make Roman Reigns look like a monster so let's do it at the expense of someone else on the roster but we're also giving that person a chance to go toe to toe the champion and get himself over yeah. and it's just such a win-win situation for absolutely everyone you know what i mean the match was great like Mon we all know montez ford isn't beating Roman reigns but he showed it an extra spark where you're like i can see i can see another path for you you know mm -hmm. what i mean like you haven't mentioned one of the funniest things yes. I've seen yes. on WWE TV. Now, I said that like Bobby Lashley attacking Goldberg's son was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> this is like it's really okay. close. Yeah. This is really close yeah. to like, one of the funniest things. When like, Montez Ford puts <laughs> his foot on the commentary table and just goes through it. <laughs> and you're just sort of like, okay. And just walk away. <laughs> just walk. Just I love this reaction though, he just casually walked away from the messy lane. <laughs> like, because comedy tables look so, like, the one thing that I, I love about wrestling is comedy tables, because, like, regular tables look like they're made to be broken, you know what I mean? Whereas comedy tables, you know, they, they look and, and they're used as actual tables, so yeah. if somebody goes through it, even though they always break, well, usually they break, they, they're, they, it looks as if they Sometimes they don't, though, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, there is, when I look at comedy tables, I genuinely, I buy into it, yeah, like, oh, yeah, this is actually hard to break because there's so much shit on it, and, like, you know what I mean? There's kind of like a dun -dun when it breaks, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then he just puts his foot on it, and it fucking falls underneath his weight, and it's like, Oh, and, oh, and he, he's not a big man. Like, yeah, right? that's the thing. It's like, what the yeah. fuck? It's not like it's Angelo Dawkins who's twice his size. Like, yeah, but like he played it off really well. He did. Like, he, he, yeah. yeah, he's like kill guys don't look at explosions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I've got a plan B. This is fine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's what I mean. I think that's why he looks like he looked like such a star to me. Like, mm. and I was so pleasantly surprised that like he was given that spot and that like he ran with it so well. You know what I mean? And then obviously it adds to the whole. Because they did nothing to build the Extreme Rules part of Extreme Rules. Yeah. So this was like the only tiny like throwaway we got towards anything extreme was uh, Montez Ford getting the shit kicked out of him after his match. Like. And then like the demon coming. And I, I love how they did the demon bit as well. Because like, instead of having to go through the entrance and stuff, like the lights, and he's just there yeah. on the top rope. You know what I mean? Like the, I really enjoyed the end of SmackDown. Not enough to actually watch all of Extreme Rules, but <laughs> I did enjoy the end of SmackDown. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was really good. In at number five, let's talk about Impact. Right, Impact made an absolute fucking show me this week, right? Because do you remember that, like, that, like, literally, it was only two or three weeks ago, I said, look, I don't want to see any 50-plus-year-old wrestlers <laughs> wrestling, like, come on, there's no need for that carry-on. We're, we're past that, you've got so much young talent, I don't need to see it. Christopher Daniels shows up and I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this man is 
51 yeah. years of age. Did you just know that? I didn't, didn't know. I didn't know he was 51. 51. I thought 40s, but yeah, I, I did. Like if you'd have told me he was 40, though, I would have been like, yeah, but like, yeah, for, not 51. This man moves like he's half his fucking age. Jesus Christ. Um, he like so. I'm I'm delighted to see him. Um, his his pop was fucking mediocre, man. If I was there, like this is the thing. Styles Daniels Joe. That's the fucking. Those are the three fucking pillars of yeah. of the company you're watching. If you're watching Impact, you know what I mean. So like. I, I see Daniels going out, like, fucking yeah, let's go. He comes out, and uh, well, actually, I can't even remember the context of his return now, because I've, I've watched so much shit like, in, the, in the meantime. <laughs> but um, it looks as though we're going to get, um, it's going to be, well, it is Josh Alexander versus Christian for the title, so it's probably going to be Ace Austin against Christopher Daniels, which is a nice. fucking banger of a match. Ace Austin is exactly the sort of wrestler I was talking about when I say talented young wrestlers. Um, this is this is a bit of a dream match for me. I think their styles mesh really well together. Daniels can still wrestle really, really well at fifty fucking one. Um, and also, he hasn't wrestled in AEW since I think uh, SCU had to had to quit. And um, I feel like uh, it, it would appear that his career is winding down and that he's probably on the verge of retirement. Maybe this will be his retirement match at Bound for Glory. Who knows? But in my like, I would I physically would not have allowed him to retire without going back to Impact first. Yeah. I would have got I would have flown over to America and said. No. <laughs> Until he goes back to Impact, regardless of what state Impact is in, it's in a good one now, um, which is good, because like, as far as I'm concerned, Styles, Joe and Daniels all have to go back to Impact and wrestle one more match there before they retire. As far as, that's the way I see it. Yeah, also, yeah. That's the first time in Impact since like 2013 or something like that. Nice. Like, a very long time. But um, yeah, he's, he's for me, he's such an important wrestler in the history of Impact. Delighted he made his return and I can't fucking wait he's awesome versus Daniels at uh, Belford Glory what card that could end up being actually yeah. you've got you've got Josh Alexander Christian Cage for a title Ace Austin versus Christopher Daniels possibly a retirement match and then you've got Mickey James and Deanna Prazo as well for the um, for the Impact Women's title presumably which is also there was a great promo I don't know if that was this week or, or whatever but uh, Deanna Prazo was saying to Mickey James like where she just from her roles there she was like <laughs> like yeah you're not even like because the whole thing is like you know, oh Mickey's kind of like the person who inspired her and all that and she's like no you're not there's like a long list of women that, that you know inspired me ahead of you you know what I mean it's like oh that's fucked that's, that's quite vicious because like, yeah. you're not saying like you're a shit or you're nothing it's just I'm just loads of others that are more inspiring than you. More inspiring. It's like, fuck that stuff. She mean like. Uh, if you're looking for extra Christopher Daniels content, by the way, check out the start. For now, it's literally the first couple of minutes of being the elite this week. Kind of told you about the evolution of him coming back and a little bit of a skill, and they put a bit of money into it as well. So, uh, really, really good stuff. And delighted to see him back. I totally agree with what you're saying there. In number four, uh, highlights from G1 Climax 31 this week, and the story of the G1 this uh, like this week turned into. How New Japan would react when one of the favourites, Tetsuya Naito, became the first wrestler since 2015 to forfeit a match and the first since 2013 to forfeit multiple matches after he was ruled out of the tournament with a knee injury following his opening night match with Zack Sabre Jr. So far, it's been deadly. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. Has, has tapped into the fuck you energy uh, we would have last seen when he won the 2018 New Japan Cup, walking with a spring of the step after taking out Naito, shit talking and even calling out at one stage the American Dragon on New Japan TV, which is very much a uh, forbidden door moment. Um, <clears throat> and then wrestling absolute bangers against Shingo Takagi and Kota Ibushi to follow up with his clash uh, against Naito. Uh, Ibushi is someone else who's having a sneaky great tournament himself in this match with Tomohiro 
Kaito Ishii in night three in particular was as good as he wanted to be. And since we're talking Ishii, his match with Kenta on night five was another banger, and uh, he's batting a hundred percent and getting no credit for it. So it's typical uh, Ishii in the G one. Uh, put it this way: in block A, if it's anything to do with Zack Saber Jr., Shingo, Ibushi, or Ishii, watch it. Uh, block B is a little show, slower and risks uh, becoming the Akata show and it'll be interesting to see how New Japan add a bit of attention to it. what otherwise is a pretty evenly matched block. Um, as for matches to watch from there, from night 4 you can check out Tanahashi Goto and that's pretty much it over the past week unfortunately. Uh, it's been grand, like it's fine um, but if you're just pick, trying to pick out the highlights uh, that's the only one for the past week. Things start to speed up considerably this week though with Takagi Kenta next up for Block A and a pair of bangers in Block B as Tanahashi Sanada and Okada Goto are the highlights of the October 1st show. Obviously I'll be around to keep you updated week to week but keep an eye on our social media where we've got our daily picks, pickums contest on Twitter and I'm also planning to release, like here's one thing I actually better add like there will be content on the feed and there will be low blows content on the feed it won't be the normal shows but we'll be doing some specials as the time gone in so I'm going to do a special around the G1 if anyone's interested in New Japan content uh, and give you everything you need to know ahead of the final few nights uh, if you're one of those who tune in at the business end uh, G1 though is still punching way above its weight and well worth keeping your eye on in at number 3 though let's talk about Extreme Rules oh man <laughs> <laughs> right, you probably, if you're listening to this, you're probably wondering why there wasn't anything from Extreme Rules, anything in particular that may have been in, say, something stupid. Like, I, I was surprised that the Danielson Omega finish was in, say, something stupid. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's not my call, by the way. <laughs> this is why the podcast, we need to take a break. Right? We need to <laughs> this is where our head is at right now. Right, so Extreme Rules, I'll get to the minor stuff first, right? One thing I liked was, um, first, well, first of all, Usos and Street Profits, banging match. I said it was going to be a banger last week. I really enjoyed it. Um, but then, two matches that I, I didn't really have any interest in beforehand really delivered for me. Um, the US Triple Threat match, the uh, Priest, Hardy, Sheamus. That, that was really good. I, I, I really enjoyed that. I didn't like, because at one point I thought Sheamus was going to win the title back. I was like, what the fuck? They got me. It was really, really good. Um, also, Charlotte and Alexa Bliss, I was fully waiting for some shite. Yeah. Supernaturally over the top bollocks, and instead we got the polar opposite of that. First of all, they wrestled; they had a wrestling match, and also um, Lily was murdered in vicious fashion in the <laughs> audience. And they're all booing, and Alexa Bliss is sad. And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck about your feelings. I'm so happy. This could be the end. Apparently, she's like taking time away, so this could be the end of that sort of Alexa Bliss kind of Lily stuff. Um, excellent, fucking excellent. I, I I can't believe it. When they first announced that feud, I was like, this is gonna be the fucking shit thing in the world. And it wasn't, they, they kind of went through the segments as kind of smoothly as they could, considering the characters involved. And then um, it ended in one, one pay-per-view, and it was a good match, so I, I can't complain. I was actually really, really surprised by that. So those three matches were really good. Becky and Bianca, I thought was, was a fun match, but for me, the, the part worth talking about is Sasha Banks making her return. Uh, coming back, it was a disqualification, but um, <laughs> she comes back, beats the shit out of Bianca, and then Becky does a really awkward like thumbs up to kind of are we mates are we not kind of like <laughs> and then Sasha beats the shit out of Becky at first I was kind of like that'd be an interesting team because that goes back like they were a team in NXT yeah. but I don't know if you remember this is, this is kind of like going back to you know like early NXT but um, so I would have been it would have been cool to see Becky and Sasha as a team but I think it adds more to the division if everybody's you got more contenders you know what I mean so now this is this is fascinating we got Bianca, Sasha, Becky we've got Bianca, Sasha, you know what I mean? Like, Sasha, be like, there's this, and Naomi as well is obviously in the mix. Sonya Deville might become a competitor again, who knows? This is all, 
there's all all good stuff shots you taking are there oh, and, and then the drafts coming up as well so there's it's it's very um a lot to look forward to right anyway let's talk about the main event <laughs> now i haven't seen the main event right so oh. I, I i i ended up trying to watch the entire pay-per-view no. so i need you to describe to me what happened <laughs> i i haven't even seen clips I don't know anything. Oh! I deliberately then, when I realised I wouldn't have time to watch it, I deliberately didn't watch it because I want to hear your play. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll mention one thing that happened in the match that I thought was funny. Um, before brawling in the crowd, Roman Reigns um, put a mask on, which I thought was really cool. Um, I call it safety conscious. He was. It was actually very. It was like, <laughs> oh, that's responsible. Yeah, 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 so, <laughs> you, just, you just start thinking of things like, oh yeah, he's immunocompromised, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? This is, like, like, yeah. this is not talking about his character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, what? It's like, that's not like a heel moment. And I'm like, yeah, that's oh, fair. It's, it's, like, it's, it's fair play. It's, it's like, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you're fucking trying to cheat. Say what you want about him, he's safe. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah like, fuck you. Uh, I can't yeah, forge right. a health and safety. Let's go, back to Paul. So that was funny. Yeah, no, okay, so up until the ending, I'm enjoying the match, it's pretty good. I wasn't really buying much into Banner as kind of like a, uh, like as, as the match was on, I remember last week we were saying, oh maybe, you know, maybe like a 1% chance, that one was hurt, like turned into a zero yeah. pretty quickly, I was kind of like, yeah, this is just, let's get up and get this over with, um, but the match was still decent, the Usos basically attacked Banner, right, they beat the shit out of him, we're, we're, we're getting up it towards the end now, right, and uh, he manages to, to beat him up all by himself, 2v1, he's like, fuck it, I'm the demon, I'm the one, he wipes out the Usos, I think he puts them through tables, does he do that, yeah, and the crowd were chanting for tables all night, so they're happy, and the Usos are out, and he's happy. By the way, they- have you ever seen a crowd since, like, the Dudley Boys era, that were that mad for tables, <laughs> as soon as someone, like, pulled, like, I think Roman Reigns, early into the match, like, pulled the ring, open up in the crowd, just went, <gasps> and then he pulled out a candle, and they like, fuck you! See, I used to hate that, that was a pain when people would be like, we want tables, and I'm kind of like, like, I used to hate that, but after a year and a half of no fans, I'm like, I've yeah. never complained about a crowd for any reason ever again, fuck oh, that. I, I'm not complaining, I found it fascinating, yeah, no, yeah, like, I was like, I don't remember people being this mad for tables, like, they were like, oh my god, a table, I could eat my Dinner on that world! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> so, the Usos are wiped out, but then Banner's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Rain spears him to the barricade, right? So now everybody's down. Everyone's on the ground. <laughs> you just hear the lights go red, the music starts playing. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. And um, um, <laughs> the demon Banner music starts playing. So Banner then decides, he just decides, I'm going to hump the ground now. <laughs> <laughs> the red light comes on, the fiend red light. So the fiend starts, or sorry, not the fiend, the, the demon starts, what, what, what was he going for? What sort of like a res- like, resuscitation? It was like his, like, do you know, do you know the start of his, mu- his, his music? Yeah. Like, boom, boom. Yeah. But where it's like a harpy. Yeah. Like he, that was his heartbeat. It was his heartbeat. Yeah, it shot it like it shot electricity to his whole body. So he's, like, so he's, like, he's spazzing out on the yeah. ground. Right. Like so every time the the music kicks in, he just like starts yeah, spazzing. His like, body would jump, yeah. but it, it basically now he was going for basically you know his body is getting vaults, you know, like, oh, oh, and then like every time, it, whatever, but it just looked, have you ever seen the in-betweeners when Will is like having sex with Charlotte? Yeah. <laughs> 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 just sort of like, he's just half by his side, awkwardly kind of like, oh, <laughs> he's, he basically, he's, he's doing that, happened. he's doing that. This, no, this is what happened. 
He's doing that until eventually he gets back up and it's like, oh shit, he's back up and nobody else is up. Reigns is still down, he's still hurt. So he throws Reigns into the ring. And while he's attacking Reigns, by the way, the lights are still red. The music is still playing. It, it might, you might just say that, like, I don't know, like, if you were watching, one may have forgiven you for thinking The Fiend is an entity. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what a lot I of I can't believe you didn't, like, you weren't watching this. Like, it was literally a payoff. <laughs> so... Finn Balor then, you know, like he's he's beating Shane Reigns and he's, he's getting onto the top rope. The music is still playing, the lights are still red. Think, oh my god! Like Could it's he... now into the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> music hasn't stopped. His music is properly playing at this stage. And like, this is now just like like what is this? Is this, is this going to happen? Like, and, and I will give them credit here, right? As far as false finishes go, remember we said like okay, you'll hit a coup de gras, whatever, and we'll be like oh one two oh, you know what I mean? This is like. This is next level. I was like, well, I wasn't expecting this now. <laughs> yeah, this is built up like you're generally like, I, this is a bit stupid, I, but also I actually now think he's winning. Like, I, it, it, they've made such a big deal out of this there. Yeah, I, I now think that he's definitely winning. I, I was thinking Brock was going to come in or something because I'm like, there's no way, like, like what's going to, he's either going to hit the Kudagrat or Brock's going to come in and cancel the, the pain or so, or, but he could win. Like, there's now a very real chance that he could end up walking out with champion. Like, they have me here. I'm like, there's no way that, like, they built it up this much and Reigns is just going to, like, fucking spare him like, so, there's no way he's winning the belt here like so okay what do you think happened <laughs> predict it <laughs> what, what do I think happened here yeah. predict what happened next well like you know the, he's up on the top rope okay now. he's on the top rope you think he's gonna hit the cool grass he's gonna get the pin yeah like that's that's a good right, what, here would be what if I told you <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you right the top rope snaps, the lights go back to normal, the music stops, and in like full on like comedy, like this is just now a full on comedy, just falls straight down. It's no. <laughs> just gets him, hits him with whatever, I can't remember a spear, and just pins him one, two, three. No explanation as to what like why the rope did that. Like that is legitimately what happened on a Fight Factory show. <laughs> <laughs> like remember our first show in the, the big Sean episode. The game. It was foreshadowing. Fight Factory oh the home God. of battery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um this was fucking hilarious so first of all <laughs> the idea that um, the demon can have like a second wind and can be resuscitated that there's pros and cons to that there is an argument against and for it um, but one thing I would say is the argument is irrelevant because he's been in the company now for years as the demon and we've never seen that till now so why would you establish that like this towards the very end of his career and WWE rather than this like you know what I mean it's like what well, since when was this part in a show you know what I mean <laughs> like so that ha- yeah that it was, it was dumb but here's the thing, right? I ripped into The Fiend and I ripped into Alexa Bliss for their over-the-top supernatural shite because it was awful. Because it was, it was awful, embarrassing, but more importantly, there was no entertainment factor. I didn't enjoy it. There was no, like, I didn't enjoy watching it. It was, it was cringy, but not even in a funny way. It's just like, oh, God, like, yeah. Shayna Baszler running away from the doll and all that. Like, yeah. what the fuck, man? This, this had me, like, bear in mind, I was watching this alone in my room. So, you know when you're, like, you're on your own and say so you see something funny, you're kind of like, you, you don't tend to laugh out loud. You start to go, like, or, like, you know, you blow yeah. more air out of your nose than usual yeah. or whatever. I full-on laughed out loud at this. I was <laughs> roaring laughing when the, when the rope snapped and the music just stopped. <laughs> I screamed laughing when he's there humping the fucking floor. I was like, what the fuck is this? I was in absolute, I was in fucking agony laughing at this. This was so funny. And, like, there's so much see here's the thing right if this was three years ago and all we had was WWE I'd, I'd be a bit kind of like ah oh, you know what I mean this is, all yeah. we, this, is, this is wrestling but because we have like in that same week Arthur Ashe and yeah. Danielson Omega it's like we have a wrestling company a major top class wrestling company now that we can watch for the serious good shit so if they want to do this goofy yeah. funny shit it doesn't bother me like I find it funny you know what I mean it's a laugh 
Um, it, what I also find really funny is this argument with that, like, they're catering to the kids, you know what I mean? It's like, and the other, they're, they're making kids oh entertainment. Sorry, I had to turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you told me a lie when you said it humps the ground. Yeah, the thing is, if you're Katie, right, we take the piss out of Katie so much that, like, if I was her, I wouldn't know if we were being the or not. Yeah, like, like I, I'd would, check if I was her. I would yeah. check, yeah. yeah. Yo, this is, <laughs> So, but like, if you're a kid watching this, this is shite, man. When you're a kid and you watch wrestling, you watch because it's violence, you know what I mean? You're watching what the adults watch, you know what I mean? This is embarrassing, man. And I saw somebody say, now, obviously, like, again, you don't know, like, what aspect of wrestling Finn Balor is kind of like, what does he prioritise in terms of, like, if he was to move to AEW or New Japan, like, you know, does he take the wrestling stuff seriously? Does he care more about his time outside the ring? Or, you know, like, you don't know. But somebody did say that, like, if Finn Balor was to jump to AEW, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, when they do interviews and they're in AEW and they're like, you know, or, or you know, like, oh, I left WWE because of oh, Sorry, I just seen the rope break. <laughs> And you know when they're like, uh, you know, oh, there's certain things, creative differences and all that. It's like, somebody said, this is the moment. This is the moment that made him go, perhaps. <laughs> I was fucking the ground. And I thought, you're on telly. <laughs> but you are on pay-per-view in front of hundreds of thousands of people fucking the ground. Maybe this is no longer the place for me. <laughs> if this was hilarious, this is peak WWE. Yeah, was I, I th- look, I was sports entertained. This yeah. is funny. I wouldn't I wouldn't put this as like unironically good, but it was funny. You know yeah, what I mean? Do you know what though as well? Like it was look, it was terrible, but I was on Twitter live for this and like the <laughs> outrage that came in and I'm like how are you surprised at this? WWE every month do shows and they tell us who they are. This is the most WWE finish I've ever seen. It is, but who had on their bingo card? Finn <laughs> holds the ground and then music plays, lights go red, he goes to beat Roman Reigns and falls off the top row, music stops, lights come on, he loses. <laughs> there, was, there was like some semblance of a good story in there because at least in the top row broke, he was selling his knee and stuff. Like, yeah. what? Like, there's. Presumably Heyman, like I do get, like obviously, I mean, you'd assume like on SmackDown, they'd be like, ah, oh, Heyman did it, Heyman bailed him out, or, or someone did something, but it's like, it's still, it, with just that match alone, it's so funny. That's actually, possibly, just because that ending is one of my favourite matches I hope they ever explain it. I hope, I hope yeah, that'd be even better. They're just like, yeah, I hope they ever. It's just dodgy, just dodgy cat break crew, like, just it happens yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the night, it was slippy, yeah. <laughs> Bad outlook. Amazing. Love it. <laughs> In a number two, let's talk about some of that uh, good wrestling because I have to say, I did find, I actually found AEW Rampage's two hour special from Martha Rash. It was actually taped after Dynamite where I like, still had the crowd in the venue. I found that a way more fun show overall than Dynamite. And the reason being, there wasn't these big matches announced that were either predictable, like kind of MJF filming, you always knew which way that was going to go, or a bit hamstrung by what they could actually give us. Uh, like the likes of Omega and, B- and Baker they weren't losing their belts and there was only so many options that they could do there there was room here for they had the crowd but there was room here for a lot of fun as well and they had it starting with a ridiculously fun uh, trios match with the Young Bucks and Adam Cole the super click coming back together against Christian and Jurassic Express we've covered the irresistible chemistry between the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express before add Adam Cole and Christian to the mix and that's never going to hurt Cole was just having like I actually preferred to stay his his 
debut singles match that he had, um, which was very serious and a very good wrestling match. But this was just him having a crack. And this was him like, oh man, this is why I left WWE. Just to have fun matches. Like, you know what I mean? You could see it in this that they would love a match. It felt like the reunion match for the Super Elite and uh, or the Super Click. And they had a ball with people more than capable of hanging with them. Go out of your way to watch this match. There were also some excellent unpredictable moments on the show too. You had to have loved Jay, the post-match of Jericho and Hager, the tag match. Oh, yeah, this. yeah, yeah. So, it, have you heard about what happened here? No. It may not be as up your alley, but it was. It was fun all the same. It was Jericho and Hager against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, and that's a match that doesn't actually catch your eye. Uh, and the match itself was only just fine, like. But it was afterwards when Sky and Page's new apparent manager, Dan Lambert, who's the owner of American Top Team we've covered, who I, like is probably the best heel in wrestling in 2021. Um, he's an MMA guy who just gets it. He gets wrestling and he knows how to cut a perfect promo. Um, he was put under threat by Jericho and Hager only for Lambert's American Top Team crew of A-list MMA fighters to storm the ring and invade Nexus style. This was class and kind of what we've been building towards. Because so far what's happened is he stood, cut a promo, and then you've had the two tough guys standing behind him like with their arms crossed. But they didn't actually do anything. This time they're like, no, we're coming and we're wrestlers now. And it's like, okay, this is fucking deadly. Yeah, and like, you know, obviously you've got the uh, Jake Hager experience in MMA, so you're tying that in as well. Uh, but the names they got were absolutely class. You've got Junior Dos Santos, you've got Paige Van Zandt, you've got Andre Arlovsky, and the cherry on top was Jorge Masvidal laying out Jericho with the same knee that famously ended uh, Ben Askren's UFC career with. This was class. It's gas. I used to hate MMA crossovers and wrestling, so I didn't know how anybody was. Yeah. But now, like, um, yeah, I'm into it. I still, like, in general, I wouldn't be huge into, like, you know, one MMA star going to WWE or whatever, but I do like how they've done this. Um, it's another them as their MMA stars. They're not, like, Cain Velasquez where it's like I'm a wrestler now you know what I mean it's like no we're MMA says we'll kick the shit out of you and it's also like what I love about it is that like I was explaining to somebody I find it really fascinating with the exception of McGregor according to pay-per-view boys like Masvidal is like the second biggest star in UFC history yeah. behind McGregor that's a massive rate of you like but um Jorge like, Masvidal by the way just to kind of give you context if you're uh, okay I know you're not a fan but anyone else is not a fan Masvidal is the the, the Rock got involved with a Masvidal fight previously the Rock invented a UFC title for the main event of one pay-per-view which is called the BMF title the bad motherfucker title um, and it was cheesy and stuff like that but Masvidal's a big name to the point that The Rock is tying his name to Masvidal do you know what I mean well, so. what I love about it is that Masvidal isn't even like the best fighter in his division or anything like that do you know what I mean but it's like yeah. he got a good run of moments like you know a good like couple of wins that moment with yeah, Ben Askren solidifying yeah. everything and he was able to make a star of himself off that and he is like see the thing about it is he's I don't know how to feel about it because like on one hand like he is charismatic but I'm also aware that a lot of MMA fighters who are charismatic are charismatic in contrast like a load of MMA fighters who aren't charismatic. So when they cross over to like wrestling, are they still going to be as charismatic? But either way, he's got Dan Lambert, and Dan Lambert is just fucking. Yeah. I'm a big Dan Lambert fan. Also, they got big, sexy Andre Arlovsky. <laughs> love him, love him. Think he's deadly. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very into this. Like, the, yeah. I love the running knee as as a as a signature. I think that yeah. that is that is perfect, man. That is like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was brilliant. And then the main event, a lights out tag team match with Moxie and Eddie Kingston against Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer of Suzuki Gun. And we talked about the downside of AEW execution and presentation earlier. So let's balance that out and give them credit here. They absolutely nailed the presentation of this. I love Justin Roberts. 
coming on and doing his little preamble that the lights are about to go out. And when the lights come back on, this is no longer an official AEW presentation. We take no responsibility for what happens. It's just like, oh shit, you know, if you're in that crowd and it's a hot crowd, you're like, holy fucking shit. Never mind the fact that you're about to see Minoru Suzuki in the main event of an American TV show on a major network uh, in a sold-out New York City arena. It's a lot of what is happening here. And like, it just, when you're sitting there, you're like, oh man, I really want to be in that tennis stadium. <laughs> it's just like this fucking class and then all of us and then also as well you have eddie kingston of course new york native wrestling in his hometown crowd the biggest match of his like career by far the biggest crowd of his career and like a homecoming like town reaction as well absolutely amazing and then like the match was was it was it's what you expect the match to be but then it got weird and fucking <coughs> homicide showed up of all fucking people to interfere in this match incredible stuff it's a type of niche but fun and ballsy surprise that AEW excel at to round off a fun as hell show on what is yet another huge week for them yeah like thoughts on homicide um first of all it had been homicide homicide coming back is fucking excellent there's a lot of history that's sort of publicly documented with, yeah. with eddie kingston um and it's in new york as well which is great um i want just to go back to one sec just to eat the page and um Scorpio Sky, I forgot to say something that I really liked as well. Just now, <laughs> like, moved on to like much better things. But, like, um, I, I also like how it gives Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky something um, that helps them stand out from the pack. Because they've got a lot of talent like that in AW that struggle, you know, to stand out from the pack, but would be quite good in their own right. You know what I mean? So, I love that. But, yeah, Homicide. <laughs> homicide and Eddie Kingston, man, I'm delighted. I don't know if this is a one off or if Homicide is, is going to stick around in AW. Um, he was in Ring of Honor last time I checked. He was like a tag. Now, he did just recently lose the tag belts. Um, but he's part of a faction there that's quite relevant. So, I don't know if maybe he's in both. Maybe he's only. It's a one off. Maybe he moved. I don't know. Um, but I love the history. I love the connection. I love that. Uh, Moxie and Kingston got the main event in New York, and that would have been obviously the main event of the night as well. If you're there, and it's just a fun, just a fun moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But this is something that, that AEW do really well. They seem to do this like most weeks, where you just have that fun, happy moment. Do you know what I mean? It's like not everything has to be like, oh, but the heat. You know what I mean? Like I get, like obviously there are moments like you do need some moments like that, but you know. I'm enjoying it. It's a laugh. I thought it was great. The good thing that AEW do is they remember their live crowd as well as their TV crowd. So they have the moments to forward on the TV storyline that are for us and like to get video packages and so on and this and that. But also they have those big pops for the live crowd to be like, I was there for that. I was there when Malachi Black showed up. I was there when Homicide showed up. I was there when Suzuki showed up. You know what I mean? They have CM Punk being the biggest one they have but like they, they do and they, they, they realise the importance in that and look let's talk about number one and look in any in any rightful week it should be Daniels and Omega it should be that okay let's call it Spain and Spain that should be the number one here it's the last week for the time being and Corporate Keen begged me to put this as number one in the one. dock it's the final week so Corporate Keen you're I, welcome I insisted I was like Rick please I even said it in the dock I was like this please put this at number one um, oh fucking hell right so I'll start with some of the more minor things um, uh, Shayna Baszler it beat the shit out of Eva Marie she's baby facing now she killed people excellent um, we're getting Big E and Drew McIntyre for the title next that's actually really really cool I'm looking forward to that good show top to bottom really fun stuff Katie are you, are you happy you chose Smackdown are you happy you just, Montez Ford stuck his foot through the table <laughs> that was good 
It's gas because I remember when he did the draft. I was like, man, I can't believe I got fucking raw. Like, hey, he gets in SmackDown and the Tribal Chief and all that. I've got fucking raw. And like, the gas is looking at that now. It's like, I got the worst of the worst and the best of the best. So it was like literally the perfect podcast show to have. You know what I mean? I was, I'm so glad I actually ended up with raw now. Um, if I, if I actually would have chosen it. If I knew it was going to be this, like, this dramatic. For better or for worse, I would have chosen it. You know what I mean? Like, probably higher, but. Um, oh, man! Fuck, right, so, Bobby Lashley's fighting Big E in the opener. <laughs> Did you watch any of Raw? I've seen highlights, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, Big, Big E and Bobby Lashley are fighting for the title. Bobby Lashley throws Big E out of the ring. I'm, I'm not taking anything of it. I'm like, oh, I kill whatever. And I look up at my screen and I just see two lads, two lads in t-shirts that I recognise. They're Hurt Business t-shirts. The lads are Shelton Benjamin and <laughs> Cedric Alexander. And I was... Fucking, oh my god, I can't explain to you how happy I fucking was, man. Literally, I saw them and I was like, no fucking way. This, like, I don't think anyone else realises how, like, fuck. <laughs> I think we're realising. Yes. <laughs> this group for me, right, I have said since the fucking start, and it's not just me, everyone's been saying since the start, splitting up the Hurt Business was a fucking shit idea. And I, I will give WWE and every company the benefit of the doubt to finish their story and tell me, right, why the fuck did you do that then? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> did it lead to anything cool? You fast forward all these months down the line. No, surprisingly enough, it didn't. Like, Cedric <laughs> Alexander went straight back to main event. Sheldon Benjamin was just off TV altogether. Nothing. Literally nothing. Uh, and I'm, I'm very, very glad that both Cedric and Shelton survived all, all the cuts, all the releases, and because they were in that territory. Without the hurt business, they literally are out in the wilderness. Um, and they made it back and they reunited and I'm so fucking happy. For me, I think it's fucking insane how they broke up to begin with because do you know the Hurt Business have never performed as a team in front of a live audience? What? Whoa. Oh, they yeah. formed in what? Summer, I think, 2020? Yeah. And were split just before Mania. So that would mean, Jesus. judging by my calculations, <laughs> they've never they've never appeared in front of a live crowd. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 that's just, I didn't look that up or yeah. see. I just, that's just off the top of my head. Um... So that's insane. This is a faction for me that should be given the exact same time to put on, to etch their name in history and put on bangers the same way the Wyatts did and the Shield did. I really, really rate them in terms of modern day WWE factions. They are at the fucking top. You've got MVP who's a perfect mouthpiece. You've got Lashley who's the fucking star, the powerhouse. And you've got Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Great team. Cedric especially so like... He, like the way he wrestles is just so entertaining to watch he's, he's, he could be a star in his own right do you know what I mean so the four of them together is just so fucking perfect and I just I'm so happy <laughs> I want I don't want to see them split either ever again or at least not for, for a couple of years I want to see them together for a long time because it's just why not man why fucking not they all have their own strengths they all bring so much to the table and I've said it as well when like Lashley was feuding with New Day and with the Bloodline I was like oh man if only he had two fucking mates that he could bring along to the, to the scrap and we got it and now we're coming into the draft. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing I'll say, right, is that people are like, oh, but it doesn't make sense. Oh, but but was it Cedric and Shelton, they hate Ashley and had a fight. It's like, yeah, but it's the hurt business, not the hurt friends, the hurt pals, the hurt bros. <laughs> they get it. Yeah, they probably think Lashley's a dick. He wasn't, they weren't being a dick to Shelton and Cedric, but what happened? They were like, fuck you, we'll do it on our own. And they couldn't do it on their own. They were losing to the Luch House Party until they fought amongst themselves, split up. And then again, Cedric went to the main event, didn't win any fucking matches. Shelton disappeared completely. So they're like, right, 
well, we kind of need the hurt business. It's business. So they're like, right, well, for the sake of my fucking career, I'm going to make amends with Lashley and MVP, and I'm going to fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this work for the sake of my own career. It makes perfect fucking sense. Um, and then the draft's on the way. <laughs> and Lashley has just lost to Big E. He looks dead set to go to SmackDown. And the bloodline of Roman Reigns is dead set to stay. We could get the hurt business versus the bloodline. We could get Reigns versus Lashley. We could get Sheldon and Cedric versus the Usos. We could get on the mic MVP versus Paul Heyman. Oh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking insane, man. I am, I celebrated all fucking day when they reunited. When I saw that, I was actually in the middle of a college lecture. It was boring, so I was like, right, I'm gonna watch the, the opening of Raw, but I'll, I'll leave the sound of the lecture on. That's why it shocked me, because I was like, I was listening to my lecturer speaking, but like, I was what had sort of like the, the opener on the You can just imagine a big, huge lecture hall. And then, <laughs> like, the lecture's like, and of course, around here, and then all you hear is, fucking yes! <laughs> this is the benefits of online education. Uh, not, not that I like online education or Dorset anyway, but this is where I came in handy because I was like, right, I'm going to watch wrestling. And when it happened, yeah, I was screaming. Obviously, my mic's oh, off. They don't hear me. Um, and I literally was like, no fucking way, no fucking way, no fucking way. And you can see from my tweets that day, I was very, very happy. Um, and it reminded me a lot of when both CM Punk came back and also when Lashley won the title back in February. Do you remember how much I celebrated yeah. that? Just tweets throughout the day, like, this is the best day of my fucking life. And um, I love the Hurt Business. They're genuinely, like, my absolute, like, favourite top-tier fucking faction at the minute and to see them back and to see them hopefully go on the Smackdown and, and oh man I fucking I, do you know how much, I know it won't happen I know Lashley's gonna beat Reigns but if it happened and like and the hurt oh could you imagine they took but the but also like here's something to consider because what's your dream Lashley match Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh no! I don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Like Lesnar is thumbs. on SmackDown. Oh, don't think about the thumbs up. I was thinking, I was like Eric Redbeard or something. <laughs> oh yeah! Lesnar, <laughs> Lashley, yeah. Oh, and it's gonna be on SmackDown. Oh, fucking hell, man! There this is like, oh, what was I gonna say about the Hurt Business as well? Survivor Series also. People are talking about a dream, their dream feud. You know, the the New Day against uh, the Bloodline. Yeah. What about what about the Bloodline against the Hurt Business? What yeah. about Triple Threat? It's up there. Who knows? This this is exciting, man. WWE. This just it's when they're uh, when they're under pressure, they're pulling it out. They're 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 getting it done. Like I've I've enjoyed Raw for two weeks in a row now, <laughs> and a pay per view which now. Perhaps I was the only one, <laughs> but I enjoyed it, and oh, I, I'm so glad I chose Raw in the draft. I'm, I'm lucky, Katie. But you know, one has put in put as much as I mean, I'm enjoying SmackDown. Like, yeah, but are you enjoying it as much as I enjoyed that? Well, probably not. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Katie used to cover Raw. What, what that would have been? It would have been like number five. This is awesome. Oh yeah, it's alright. <laughs> I was upset when the Hurt Business broke up. You were, I, and I'm you on record on the podcast. Yeah. I, I was. Slightly invested. Lashley won you over. That, that was got, I remember, yeah, yeah. Lashley won you over and the Miz won me over. Yeah. <laughs> even the other day, I was saying to Phil, like, I can't believe how big a Lashley fan I am. It was actually watching Extreme Rules, the um, the, the six man tag all the boys had. And I was like, this is deadly. I was like, I, I, I'm a big New Day fan, but I fucking love Lashley and I can't believe I'm in this position. He's so fucking kill, man. Like, he's just like, everything he does is deadly. Like, again, he's another wrestler who's in his 40s where I'm like, it doesn't feel like he's in his 40s. He, he could easily be like, like he's four, he's in his 40s, but it's like in a, in a, in a Will you kill. over this ageism? I think we've pulled up enough examples over the last two weeks alone that you're wrong. It's proper ageism. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but 
but yeah, I'm happy. I love the hurt business and excellent. And then my poster in my background on YouTube isn't outdated anymore because they got back together. Nice. I can't wait for MVP to come back. I hope to hope they don't fuck this. I really hope they don't do like, oh, they don't like MVP, but they like Lashley or some shite. Just keep them as a unit. Let it work. Yeah. Let it do its thing. Fucking yeah! <laughs> is Survivor Series the next pay-per-view? No, well, Crown Jill, but Survivor Series next main and four. Oh! Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there you go. Exciting times indeed. Uh, but Rob, you're on the cover. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you going to just fill the dock in every week anyway? Just yeah, so we can, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we can share our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get on the call every now and then, a sneaky one, and then we'll just be like, we record it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're getting backdoor jokes. Like, Katie, I know you're giving birth right now, but the herp is just took on the bloodline. It was really close. Like, how did you get to the hospital? It's like, just, 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 just Sorry, I've named the baby Lashley. It's fine. <laughs> to be fair, we've had weirder places. <laughs> Remember there was a guy playing ping pong on Katie? Oh, was... yeah. I've, I've never been stressed out in my life. Oh, oh God. Uh, anyway guys look like I said there will be supplementary content uh, over the next few months like I've got a couple of ideas for, for stuff I want to do um, while we're away and, and like I said kind of guys uh, we do have an asshole blow so we're going to have all the soppy stuff there so we're just going to sign off and um, we'll be back and uh, I'm sure at one stage we will be back in the future in some form or another we've done this before and we always end up do coming back but in the meantime congratulations to Corporate Keen Queen versus Keen Queen versus Keen Winner, winner, twenty twenty one winner. <laughs> uh, good luck to Katie Harvey, but like we're only speaking in about five minutes, yeah. so you know, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for then. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, that's it. That's that's it for low blows for the foreseeable future. Um, until Friday. Oh yeah, until Friday. Well, no, that's asshole blows. That's a different show. This is the finale of this. Uh, but yeah, no, it is. It's weird. It's like imagine doing like the Sopranos finale, but then like being like. But anyway, guys, uh, yeah, that's it. I don't know really know how to sign off except the way we always do it for Katie Harvey, for Corporal Keen, over Rick Nash. And well, one last time, that's the bottom line. Because Lolo said so. <laughs>